Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Simplifying the Sod. This week we read the parasha, the parashat of Noah, and uh, we look at the life of Noah. And we saw last week at the end of the parasha, it tells us that Noah matzachin v'enei Hashem. Noah found favor in the eyes of Hashem. And what we're going to try to uh, look at this week is this idea of chen and how someone gains chen in the eyes of Hashem. What is it that someone needs to do? So I saw Mashal was by Rabbi Svi Hirsch Weinreich. He's the head of the OU. And he brings a question. It's very interesting because he brings a question based on the question that I found. So he says that, consider you're in this scenario. You work for a company and uh, each, comp- each person who works for the company has a detailed job description. And fulfilling that job is uh, the basis for their semi-annual evaluation. You get your promotion, you get your bonus, you get your raise, everything depends on the evaluation. So he says, imagine you and a fellow employee, and you're somewhat competitive with this person, and you both receive, uh, you both receive your, your semi-annual review, you sit there and you did amazing, and he did okay. And he gets this trim, huge bonus, and you don't. And you go up to the boss and you say to the boss, hey, I don't understand, we both were basically neck and neck. We should have both got the same bonus. And the boss says, uh, you know what? You're right. You both did about the same work, but I like that guy. <laughs> what? Seems very unfair. Or you're back in school, and uh, you and another student, you're both uh, looking at class rankings. And uh, you want to see you know, who, who's going to be rated number one in the class. And you both have the same score. And one of, one of you is rated at the top, and the other is rated somewhere down in the middle. And you say, how could it be? And again, the professor says, uh, he finds favor in my eyes. I like that guy. So the problem, you would say, it's very unfair. What does that mean? Someone you like because you like someone? That means he should, he should get more than someone else? Shouldn't we all be equal? So we look in this week's parasha. And we, we have every right to expect that, that Hashem should be fair to all of us. Yet when we look in this week's parasha, we see, we see Noah. And the first thing we see about Noah was, Noah is righteous in this generation, but, you know, why do we have to even bring up the but? Had he lived in the generation of Abraham, maybe he wouldn't have been anything. He would have not have amounted to anything. So, and then you have all these commentaries that say Noah wasn't so special. So if Noah wasn't so special, and they even have rabbis that say there were other people who were even greater than him in his lifetime, more righteous than him. So why did he get saved? And the answer is simple. We go back to last week's parasha, the end of last week's parasha, and it says in the end of last week's parasha that Hashem regretted that he made the world, whatever that means, and he wants to destroy the world. And then it says, And Noah found chen, grace, charm, how do we want to translate it? In the eyes of Hashem. And therefore, Noah is saved. Noah is saved primarily for the reason that, And we have to think, we repeat this, at least we do in the Havdalah, on Saturday night, we make the Havdalah, we say, We say it three times. And then we say that we should find chen in the eyes of man, in the eyes of heaven. 
Says, so what is this aspect of Chen? So I, I, I went to find this because I was looking at the Ora Chayim and that's how this all started. Because the Ora Chayim, he writes, while it is true that Noah was a Sadiq, nevertheless, his righteousness was not enough to offset God's regret. Basically what happens is, if God wants to punish, destroy, you're stuck in the fire, even if you're a good guy. It's very hard to be a single person that's not stuck in that fire. It's very hard to be that person. So he says, so why is Noah saved? He says, he says God regrets that he makes man. And he said that, that Noah is going to get saved and him and his whole family are going to get saved. So he says, why? He says, because Noah matzachen. He goes back. He says, you can never look at a parashah without going back to the last verses of the previous portion as an introduction to the next portion. Who says that? The Orachayim. He says, the previous portion always gives you insight into what the next portion is going to be. So he says, in light of this, we can interpret as follows. He says, Hashem saw that man's wickedness on earth was great. This is the end of last week. And that every inclination of his heart was only for evil all day long. And Hashem reconsidered having made man on earth. And it saddened his heart. And Hashem said, I will eliminate man whom I created from upon the face of the earth, from man to animal to creepy things and to birds of the sky, for I have reconsidered my having made them. So he intends to destroy the world. And then it continues. It says, And Noah found favor in the eyes of Hashem. The Horachayim, what does he say? He says that Noah matzachen, because Noah did certain mitzvot. There are certain mitzvot, certain commandments that one could fulfill in this world. And through those mitzvot you find chen, and you become a person of chen. What does that mean? You see certain people, they have chen. You look at them, they, they, you're attracted to them for some reason. You're connected to them for some reason. The Chaim says that this idea of chen that Noah has is available to all of us through certain key mitzvot. The problem with the Orachayim is he doesn't tell you what the mitzvot are. <laughs> like you should know, it's almost like you're reading the Orachayim and you should know what they are. They should be really evident. So it's interesting, there's a late Rabbi Isaac Bernstein. In one of his lectures, he suggested on this parasha, what should a person do? On Friday night meal, what you should do is have a table discussion and say, what do you think the three or four mitzvot are that the Orachayim is referring to? He's referring to a few mitzvot, three or four, that grants a person chen. That's how he leaves it, and that's it. Okay, end of place. Right? <laughs> well, we could sit and discuss. What do we think? So, Noach Matzachen. So, I try to now figure out what are those mitzvot? And how does a person bring chen to his own life? How does he bring chen? So it says, Noach Matzachen b'nei Hashem. Midrash Bereshit Rabbah states, and Rabbeinu Bachya, he also brings the same question as the Orachayim. He says that Noach wasn't worthy to be saved. So how is he saved? Only because of this thing called chen. It says the wicked were all punished. Noach was saved only because of chen. So now, where are we going to figure out what chen is? So the suggestion is, we go back to the Torah, or we go back to the Tanakh and see where do we have the word Chen, 
and how do we understand chen, and how do we, how do we bring chen into our lives? So in Mishlei it says, he says, Mikesef umizahav chen tov, greater than silver and gold, is chen tov, is good grace. The Malbim comments, and he says, it's much greater than wealth that you could own, because when a person has chen in his personality, it changes the way of his whole, of everything in this world. So this chen is very, very valuable. He says it's much more valuable, commenting on that pasuk, the Malbim, he says it's much more valuable than gold and silver because this is something intrinsic about a person while gold and silver is... Is extrinsic? That's the word? Okay, it's outside you, right? It says, so chen tov is even greater, charm. So again, the question is, what does it mean? So I saw some answers from certain people, certain mikubalim, and we're going to try, but we're going to work a little backwards. Working backwards, I saw Rav Shamshin Verfa El Hirsch, because uh, Mariah says every week they learn that. Says the, he says, the ultimate level in the eyes of Hashem is to find chen. That's the ultimate level. This word chen, grace, charm, is as high as you can get. What does it mean? So I, it says, Magia lishlemut ha a person comes to Shilemut HaElyonah, the upper, the highest level of completion through Chen. So it must be this amazing thing. How do you get there? So there's a Rosh Yeshiva and a Dayan in Eretz Yisrael. He's from the Klausenberger Hasidim. His name is Rav Asher Weiss. He has a book, and the book is called Minchat Asher. It's actually translated into English, and it's a very good translation because the English translation goes beyond the Hebrew and explain certain things that even the Hebrew doesn't explain. They do it through art scroll. So he brings... He's Hasidic? He's, he's, a, he's a Rosh Kolel. So he no. comes from Klausenberger family, <laughs> but he seems to be uh, brilliant as they get. So, we, say, we see that King Salman writes in Mishlei, Le'anavim yiten chen. King Salman writes in Mishlei, it's, it's a peregimel, pasuk uh, uh, Lamed Dalid. He says, At scoffers he scoffs, And to those who are lowly, those who are humble, Hashem gives grace. So he says, the first way, the first place we see, and Ibn Ezra says, He gives them kindness, so he gives them grace. So anyone who's humble, the first answer is, how do you get this grace? Be a humble person. A person has humility, he gets grace. We go further in Tehillim, it says, So David HaMelech writes, where does this chen come from? From a person who behaves betamim, temimut. How do we translate temimut? Faithfulness, faithfulness, tamim. Straight, Boom. So a person, so he says, Temimut is the second answer, faithfulness. So, the, so the, to, to translate that pasuk, it says, Kishemishumagen, the God, uh, because uh, the sun and the shield, Hashem uh, Elohim, God is, and he bestows chen vechavod, grace and glory, to, to uh, he, he bestows grace and glory. He does not withhold his bounty. To those who live without blame. That's how it's translated. Tamim. Straight guy. Next, we see the Gemara and Sukkot. 
It says, If anyone wants it, I can send you all the notes, so you don't have to write if you want. Any person who has chen, it says in the Gemara, chen relates to what? Fear of heaven, yirat shamayim. It's known he has yirat shamayim. But the kindness of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon him that fear Hashem. And that's the pasuk he bases it on. So he says, chen relates to yirat shamayim. So now we have three things we saw. Anava, humility. Temima, temimut is uh, faithfulness. And the last is yirat shamayim. Now we go to the Gemara in Ketubot. Gemara Ketubot 77. It talks about people who suffer from this terrible illness called Baale Ratsan. Ratsan is this illness that seems to be highly contagious and very dangerous disease. And the Gemara writes over there something very interesting. It says, be very careful of the flies found around those afflicted with Ratan, with this disease. As they are carriers of the disease. It's interesting. The how, long, how long ago? So the Gemara is written 1600 years ago. And they're telling you about contagious. He goes further. Rav Zira said, he's, he's further afraid. So you know, you have, you have a contagion that's the fly will, the, will bring from one person to another. Rav Zira goes further. He says, no, no, no. This contagion carries in the air. So he would not sit downwind from someone afflicted with Ra'atan. Because if you sit down wind, the wind will carry the disease. Rabbi El-Azhar would not even enter the tent of someone afflicted with Ra'atan. And Rabbi Ami and Rabbi Asi would not eat eggs in an alley with someone afflicted with Ra'atan because they said even the food that's going to be in the area is also going to be contaminated. So you have here five rabbis who all tell you how dangerous this is and how far they keep from it. All of a sudden you see... Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi would attach himself to them and study Torah saying as justification to the verse. There's a verse in Mishle. It says that the Torah is, is loving. The Torah gives grace. It bestows grace on those who learn it. So he's saying, if the Torah bestows grace on those who learn it, will it not protect them from disease as well? So he took the opposite view of all the other rabbis. Now, who is this Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi? I found it interesting because when I, we went, we had the Bar Mitzvah this morning and that's why Chantal brought all the food. So as we were walking out of the, 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 uh, the synagogue part where we prayed, there's a bunch of them, we were in Beth Torah, there's a plaque on the wall dedicated in memory of a certain person. And my nephew Ricky said, I used to learn with this guy every single day. And it quotes Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi about a person who learns every day and does what he does is granted a long life. So I said, wow, I walked out, I see his name there, now how could I not bring him up here? And he, it's unbelievable what, what kind of a person he was. It says, and I was telling them about him as we walked out. It says, Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, what would he do? He says, when after, so this is what he said, he would go to the people who were suffering from this disease and he would sit with them and teach them Torah. And obviously he didn't get sick and die from it. It says, when he was on the verge of dying, they said to the Malach HaMavit, to the angel of death, go and perform his bidding. As he is a righteous man and deserves to die in the manner that he sees fit. He's ready to die, but go ask him how he wants to die. 
However he wants to die, that's how you should take him. So the angel of death, the Malach HaMavid, went and appeared to him. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi said to him, Give me your knife that you use to kill mortals, because I don't want you to scare me on the way. So what happens? Malach HaMavid gives him his knife. He says, when he arrives there in Gan Eden, in paradise, he lifted Rabbi Yoshua so he could see into paradise. I guess, you know, there's a fence maybe, right? And he showed him Gan Eden. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, what did he do? He jumped over the fence and he says, okay, I'm here. Leave me, goodbye. Now we have a problem. The angel of death grabs him by his cloak. And Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi said, I swear that I'm not going to come with you. He wants to bring him back and kill him like a regular person. So now, who's going who's to get involved? We have a problem. Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi and the angel of death. He's already in heaven. He doesn't want to go back. So Hashem comes. And he says, he just swore that he won't go with you. He can't go with you. If he ever swore in his life, and he did hatarat nedarim, meaning he took back his vow, then he has to go with you, because then we take back this vow. But if he never took back a vow in his life, tough. And it turns out he never took back a vow. So the angel of death has to keep him. Leave him. Leave him. He leave him there. So now, Rabbi Yeshua, he never, he never requested Hatarah. So now the angel of death says to him, Okay, Rabbi, you're there, I leave you. But I have one problem. You give me back. <laughs> give me back my knife. <laughs> he says, no, I'm not going to give you your knife because I don't want you to kill anybody else. <laughs> and now the, the Malach HaMavet says to God, come on, this is crazy. I need my knife to do my job. So it says that, uh, so, it says that so a divine voice emerged and said to the rabbi, give it to him as it's necessary For to kill strength. the created beings. Death is the way of the world. And Eliyahu Navi came in front of him in Gan Eden, and he told everyone in Gan Eden, make way for the son of Levi, make way for the son of Levi. So this is how great this guy, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, is. What did he do? He was willing to teach Torah to the, the people who were sick. And what did he say? He said he was willing to because teaching gives him chen, and chen will protect him even from death. Go further. You know, and, and it's interesting because there was another Amora. His name was Rav Hanina Bar Papa in the same Gemara, on the same page. He tried copying what Rav Yeshua ben Levi did with the Malach HaMavet, but his request was denied. And, they, and he said to them, what do you mean? Bring a Sefer Torah, bring a Torah, and check everything in the Torah and see if there's anything I didn't do. And what happened? They asked him, did you ever study together with the people who were suffering from this illness of Ratan? to learn Torah with them. So you see how great a deed, the deed of Rav Yeshua ben Levi was. Going further, we see Rav Yeshua ben Levi, his, his, his level was unbelievable. There's something else about Rav Yeshua ben Levi. And he said that, so, and this is the story that I told him this morning, and I think this really plays into it. The sages said that Rav Yeshua ben Levi, young students came today to the study hall and said things like I had never heard in my whole life since the days of Yehoshua ben Nun says, these children only knew the Hebrew alphabet. So I was on the phone with my granddaughter today. She's two, and she go, Aleph, Bet, Bet, Aleph, Bet, Bet, Shushu, little Shushu. It was very cool to hear a little kid in Jerusalem, in uh, whatever, Tel Aviv, telling me uh, the, the alphabet. So he says, what is it, Aleph, Bet? Aleph, Bet means Aluf, Bina. Learn wisdom. Aleph, Bet, Aluf, Bina, that's the lesson. 
Gimel Dalid means Gemol Dalim, give give money to the poor. Why is the leg of the Gimel extended towards the Dalid? Because it's the manner of one who bestows loving kindness to pursue the poor. And why is the leg of the Dalit extended toward the Gimel? It is so that a poor person will make himself available to anyone who wants to give him charity. And why does the face of the Dalit face away from the Gimel? To teach us that charity should be given discreetly so that you don't embarrass a person. So just learning these things just from the alphabet. The children's continue. Hey Vav, this is the principal name of God. The Hey and Vav is based as Hashem's name. Zayin Chet, what Zayin Chet? It says Zan, Hashem feeds and shows you favor, Chen. So it continues the whole thing. I could send it also if you want it. So it continues, it says that Zayin Chet, I will, I will feed you and I will show you Chen. How does Hashem feed you and show you Chen? It says Torah Chesed. Teaching Torah brings Chen. Aluf Bina. So the children are talking to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi. He heard the message from these children. And therefore he went to teach the sick people. He says, what do I have to fear? If I teach Torah, Hashem is going to protect me himself. So that's the, the fourth. So now we have four possible ingredients. Anava, humility, temima, yirah, fear, and teaching Torah. All these exist within Noah. How do we say? We say, Ele toldot Noach, Noach ish sadiq, tamim haya betorotav. So Noach is tamim, is temimut. This also relates, Rashi writes in, in Avodah Zarah, that, that, that Noach is anav. He brings based on this pasuk. Et Elohim hit halech. Noach walks with God. This relates to yirat shamayim, fear of heaven. And where do we know that Noach knew Torah? It's interesting. The Gemara comes and says, Hashem said to Noah, come to the Teva, you and your whole household, because it's you that I see is righteous. And he tells him to take from every pure animal seven, and from everyone who's not pure, take two. It says, how does Noah know? It says, Noah knows because he studied all of the Torah. He knew which animal, which animal was, which animal wasn't. It says, we, we have a chidush, that Noah was able to remain righteous in three generations. The generation of Enosh, the generation of the Mabul, and the generation of the dispersion. Only through his Torah. Says the Gemara, I've created the Yetzirah, I've created the Torah as its antidote. We brought that up last week. If you engage in the Torah study, you're not going to be delivered in his hand. And therefore, Noah has chen, because Noah committed himself to knowing Torah. So we have the four things. These four things again is Anava, Temima, Yirat, and teaching Torah. Now, the Mikubalim explain that Chen can save a person from a Gezerah even when there's a Gezerah against an entire generation. So the rabbis tell us you have to always be careful because when there's a fire, anyone could be burned. Even if you're worthy, you're not worthy. But the rabbis say, no, Chen is the one thing that could save you. It says, what is this chen? We see Shalomu HaMelech writes, Sheker hachen, Vehevel HaYofi, Sheker hachen, meaning false is chen. What is Shalomu HaMelech speaking of? Shalomu HaMelech is speaking of the chen that relates to beauty. Where someone thinks that chen is based on a pretty person, 
their eye color, the hair, the this, the that, some physical appearance. That chen that a person has, that's not real chen. There's chen of sheker, and there's chen of emet. The Gemara in Sota writes, 47a, Shelosha chinot hen. There are three types of chen, three types of grace that exist in the world. What, what are they? So it says in the Gemara there, it's quoting a pasuk, it says, Vayomru an ha'ir. And the, the Gemara says, they were talking to Elisha. And the people of the city, what city? The people of Yericho. They said to Elisha, Elisha was the prophet. They said, This city is pleasant, as you see. He says, but the, he says, but the water is bad and the land miscarries. What? He says, the water is bad, the place is disgusting, the people get sick, but still, we live here. And therefore, we like it. It's still home, sweet home. So the Gemara there says, Amar Rabbi Hanin Ben, he says, he says, Chen makom al yoshvav. People like where they live. <coughs> people like where they live. It says it could be a bad place. You know, people always ask, how do you live in New York? How do you live in Brooklyn? How do you live here? How do you live there? The traffic, the this, the that. People like where they live. You go up to the, to the Arctic Circle and you have the indigenous people live. And how do they live? And they dig in the ice and they live in an igloo and still says on the front door, home sweet home. <laughs> people like where they live. People are happy where they live. And that's a miracle, it says that Hashem makes. He, he sprinkles them with chen that a person should like where they live or else we might all move to, I don't know, Miami Beach or something, right? We, a person has to like where they live. So the Gemara says... So yeah, we say that the person is placed in a place because that's part of his tikkun to be where he is. But he's saying that no, but then we would all move. So he's saying Hashem places in a person chen makom al yoshvav. The second is chen isha al baala. Says a spouse to another spouse. There's a chen between them. Someone could say, what do you see in her? This is my wife. What do you see in him? His husband. <laughs> and the third he says is, chen mekach al bikachor. A person's property. A person likes what he likes, his own things. This is a Gemara, is from, sorry, uh, Sota 47a, and it's quoting, uh, it's quoting Melachim, uh, bet, Perik Bet, Pasuk 19. So it says that those are the three things. We have those three things. So I told the story last week. I'll tell you the story because you didn't hear. Rabbi Eli Mansur, he, was, he, went to, he flew to LA for a day. He was sitting at lunch with some people, and a guy gets a phone call. The guy's father's on the phone, and he says to his father, he says, Dad, oh, I hope you're having a great time. I hope you're having this amazing time. I heard it's beautiful. I wish I was with you. You're going to go back for Sukkot, Dad? I can't believe it. You're really going to go back for Sukkot? Wow, I'm so happy. I, I really wish I could go. So he hangs up the phone, and Rabbi Mansur says, Who, that was your father, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, what, where is he that he's so happy? He's in Miami. He's going back to Miami. Where is he? He goes, my dad's in Tehran. He said, what? <laughs> he goes, your dad's in Tehran and you want to go to Tehran too? You wish you were with him? 
And he says, Rabbi, you don't understand. You don't understand. So Makom, a person likes the place. They like the place they're from, even when we can't imagine. Rabbi Mansur says, he says, if you gave me a free first class ticket and the free best hotel in the whole uh, country and everything else he gave me, I still wouldn't go. But a person likes the place they come. It says other times you have, you have, a, you have, a, you have something also that when someone makes something or someone owns something, especially when someone makes something by their hand, whether it was a cake, home improvement, psychi- psychologists say that a person has a connection to the things they make and the things they own. They like what they own. It says, and the third thing is, it says that the, a, person, a person loves their spouse. They take pride in their spouse. Um, so, the, the, uh, so I saw some stories about uh, showing some of, the, some of the rabbis brought. There was a, a story, an interesting story. There was a, a man, he's a bus driver. And uh, they said he was a very simple person, a simpleton, and he's married to this woman, and they own a store that she works in the store. And in between his bus morning and afternoon bus route, he comes hang out in the store. Anytime a customer would come in the store and they would ask him a price, they sold buttons and threads and things like that. Anytime they would ask her a price, she would say, oh, I have to ask my husband. And she showed tremendous respect to her husband even though she knew much more what was going on. And they had a, a, a lot of respect uh, between each other. And she said there was okay that all of their children were scholars. And it brings a story. So now going to the Megalea Mukot. Who's the Megalea Mukot? His name was Nat, Natan Natas Shapira. He lived in, uh, in Krakow. He's the chief rabbi of Krakow. And he lived in the end of the 16th century, beginning of the 17th century. He explains this Gemara. And he says that this Gemara doesn't really teach us about a person who has chen. It teaches us how to acquire chen. If we figure out what this Gemara is really talking about, then we too could figure out what Noah had, and we too can have chen. And what I found interesting is there's not so many commentaries on this little piece of Gemara. So he has a, the longest commentary, and most of his commentaries are really based on the Zohar. So we have to understand something. We have a name of Hashem. The name of Hashem, each name of Hashem, or each name of God, is associated with a different, what we'll call, different aspect of God from our perspective. So we know the name Havaya, the name Yudke Vavke, is, relates to Hashem as mercy, mercy merciful. Says there's a name that we're not so that we don't use very often. That name is called Makom. Makom. Makom place. Exactly. We say Baruch Makom Baruchu. We say on Pesach Baruch Makom. We sing. Who's Hamakom? Is Hashem. Exactly. That's what Nathan said. And when we go to someone who's mourning, we say Hamakom Yenachem. Why Hamakom Yenachem? Says the Mekubalim, this word Makom is an exponential manifestation of the Shem Havaya. It's an exponential manifestation of the name Yudke Vavke, of the name of God. How? If you take Yudke Vavke and break down the letters, the Yud is 10. 10 times 10 is 100. The He is 5. 5 times 5, 25. The Vav is 6. 6 times 6, 36. And the He is 5. 5 times 5, is 25. If you add those numbers, 125 and 25 is 150, plus 36 is 186. So if you take God's name and you 
multiply each of the letters by itself and add them back together, you have 186. If you take the word hamakom and you add up the letters of makom, mem is 40, kuf is 100, so 140. The last mem is another 40, is 180. And the vav is 6, 186. So the word makom, describing Hashem, is an exponential uh, it's an exponential description of Havaya. So it's mercy multiplied by itself. Therefore, when a person who's sitting, Shiva, a person who's lost someone, a person who's mourning, what do we tell that person? Hamakom, Yenachem. The Makom will bring you comfort because they need an extra amount of mercy. That's where we have the name of Makom. So he says, we have to understand that because where it's talking about the makom in the Gemara, it's not really talking about the makom Brooklyn or Tehran or <laughs> Miami or wherever you want to say is the place. It's talking about makom relating to Hashem. He says, before the time of Noah, it was clear that Hashem created the world. Adam existed, Cain and Hevel understood, but slowly they lose it. Slowly they lose their connection with Hashem. The example I always give is this. We see that Avodah Zarah develops. Why? Because they started looking at the angels and they started seeing the angels as independent powers. And through those angels, they were able to get things done. And they figured God forgot about the world. It's like going into a restaurant and you see the waiter and the waiter is, smiles at you and you say to the waiter, here, here's a hundred bucks. Make sure you give me whatever you're going to give me. Make sure you take care of me. I gave the waiter $100. Now what happens? I get food brought to my table for free. It's not on the bill. It's not anywhere. The waiter is bringing me food. Now who do I think is in control of the restaurant? The waiter. Meanwhile, there's really an owner of the restaurant. But because I bribed the waiter, because I bribed the Avodah Zarah, that's how really it works. The Avodah Zarah seems to work. And it seems that the owner, who really sees everything that's happening is not there. But the owner is Hashem, he's there, but it seems Hashem is not there. So the people started to see... So what happens in this period of time, people turn to Abu Dazareh, they turn to the angels, the waiter, and they forget the owner, Hashem. So there's a... In Enosh, the time of Enosh. Sorry, so starting the time of Enosh. But the stars and the clouds really relates to the angels, the powers behind those forces, which we're going to call angels, for lack of a better term. So it says that we come to the flood. So they went to the intermediaries rather than to the boats. That's how, that's how Avodah Zarah developed. They go to the intermediary, and the, what happens is Hashem makes the intermediaries work. If you put your faith into something, then Hashem allows that to work. We were talking about the other night, it says that in a world... For example, during the time of the Ben Hamikdash, how did people turn to idolatry? You have real miracles happening in the Ben Hamikdash every day. There are ten miracles every single day in the Ben Hamikdash in the temple. If you see miracles, if you can go to the Kohen Gadol and you have a question, and he hits the beep 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 beep, and you see the message on his iPhone, you know, breastplate, right? God is talking to you. The reality of God is there. In order for me to have free will. There has to be a balance. So if the reality of God is so strong, the reality of Avodah Zarah has to be equally as strong. 
when the temple is destroyed, they say the rabbis prayed that we lose our desire for Avodah Zarah. What really happens is this. When God becomes hidden, Avodah Zarah also has to be hidden because you still have to remain in balance. So in the time of Noah, when, when you had Adam, when you had uh, Cain, and you, had, you, know, uh, you, had, you had people who talked to God. The reality was there. So what happened? The reality of the other side was also very strong. So what happens now? So they lose faith. But Noah still had faith. It says, Makom al Yoshveha. What is Makom al Yoshveha? The place, the people have chen, they're attracted to the place that they live. Meaning, Noah was still attracted to the Makom. If you believe that the Makom is over creation, if you have Emunah and Hashem, the greater the Emunah, the greater the chen. So this is what, this is what the, he's saying. He says, This is the answer to acquiring chen. Faith. Exactly, and that's why he's saying that really doesn't mean that, it means faith. Nice. It means faith. Next he says, practice what you preach. Hashem not only preaches, the Gemara says that Hashem practices everything he preaches. It's hard to understand, but we know the Gemara tells us that Hashem wears tefillin. We know the Gemara tells us that Hashem studies Torah every day. The Gemara tells us he visits the sick. The Gemara tells us he buries the dead. It says that, so it says, what, what do we see here? We see, Asher Kiddishanu bemitzvotav. God sanctifies us with His mitzvot, meaning what He tells us to do, He does Himself on some level. He says, in some sense, Hashem is mekayem. But there's one mitzvah that the mefashim find, and it bugs them, and it becomes a big, big question. What's that mitzvah? If you hire a worker, then what do you have to do with that worker? If you hire a worker, the day he finishes his work, what do you have to do? Pay him. You can't leave it till tomorrow. You have to pay the worker today. So every time you get out of a cab and you paid the taxi, you can have in mind, I fulfilled the positive command that I paid the worker. When someone, when you go get a haircut and you pay the person, I fulfilled the command to pay my worker. It says, but Hashem with us, we do the mitzvot, and Hashem says, do it today, and tomorrow you're going to get paid. What do you mean? In this world, we don't get. In the next world, we're supposed to get. Now, just imagine if you tried that. Go get a haircut, and after the guy says, pay me, I say, you know what? In Olam Haba, come find me. I'll give it to you then. What do you mean? So Hashem is telling us that we have to pay the worker the same day, but he, but he doesn't. Two answers. One, he's giving you your next breath, so you are paid. And number two, maybe your whole life is one work in progress, and until you're complete with the work in progress at the end of your life, then you get paid. Good answer. But the Gemara gives a better answer. <laughs> okay. So the Gemara says that you have to understand the laws of paying a worker on time. If you hire the worker, then you have to pay him the same day. But if you use a shaliach, a messenger, then you don't have to pay him the next, that same day. You can pay him the next day. You can pay him later. If a messenger hired a worker for you, then you don't have to pay him that same day. He says, not be your more. He says, who gave us the Torah? Moshe. Moshe, Siva, Torah, Siva, Lanu, Moshe. 
Moshe is the messenger. So Hashem says, no, do it. I'll pay you tomorrow. Don't worry. It says, but it says, Torah, Sivalanu Moshe. What's the gematria of Torah? 611. How many mitzvot in the Torah? 611 plus the two that plus Hashem Plus the two said. that? Hashem said. And what are the two that Hashem said on Har Sinai himself? Anochi Hashem and Lo Yihiyah. He says, what does that mean? He says that, what does Hashem have to pay us for immediately? The ones he told us himself. Anochi Hashem implies faith in God. I am God, your God, implies emunah and bitachon. So he says that if a person has emunah, a person has bitachon, we have so many stories that a person's bitachon is relative to his hishtadlut. The more your bitachon, the less your hishtadlut. Meaning, the more you have faith, the less you have to work in it. The less faith, the more you have to work in this world. It's always in proportion. So, so what is it? So it says, Hashem is saying to you, if you have bitachon, if you have faith, what am I going to do? Pay you now. So it says, a person who has bitachon, that person is guaranteed ched. Number two. It says, it goes further. That's the, that was based the first one. The first one is faith. Emunah is faith. So the second one. Chen isha al bala. The chen of a, of a woman to her husband or to her husband to his wife. During the times of the flood, traditional families became completely unhinged. It says, Hishchit kol basar. Society became destructive. There was infidelity. Not only, the adultery trickled to the animals. The infidelity trickled to the animals. How could it be? Animal doesn't have free will. It says that the the society, the, the, the germs of, of, this, of this lack of morality was just throughout the world, including the earth itself, and that's why the earth itself had to get cleaned up and washed like the mikveh. And that's why the flood is compared to a mikveh in order, to a mikveh, in order for God to clean the world, he had to purify the world through the flood. So it says, immorality is sanctified in the time before the flood, the Gemara says, they had marriage licenses for immoral marriages, even between man and animals. This is my wife, Miss Monkey. And they had a ketubah, and they went to the wedding, and they married them. We're not too far from that. So, we see that with Noah, when Noah goes into the ark, he's commanded to go into the ark with who? With his wife. His sons with their wives. It says, what was the wife of Noah? What was her name? Her name was Naama, Bat Tuval Kain. It's interesting because Bereshit Rabbah, the Midrash says, and the sister of Tubal Kain was Naama. Rabbi Abar Bar Kahana said Naama was Noah's wife. Why was she called Naama? Because all of her deeds were pleasant. The rabbi said, this is a different Naama. Why was she called Naama? Because she beat on a drum to draw people to idol worship. So there's two Naamas. There's Naama, who's the wife of Noah, and there's Naama, who's the wife of Samach Mem, who's one of the Shadim, who's one of the demons. She's the, so basically, I, I wanted, I didn't understand, I looked it up in the Zohar. The Zohar explains. It's Zohar 376b. I looked at all this crazy, she crazy was the stuff. Wife of Basically, you have it, it, what explains there is Samach Mem. The, the, who are we going to call the Satan? Whatever we're going to call him, Samach Mem. He has four wives. The first wife is L I L, Lil. We don't want to say Hani. The second wife is Naama, and it says the third wife and the fourth wife. 
How is she the second wife? Says in the Zohar over there that actually Chava is Adam, maybe his third wife. His first wife was Lil, they fought, separated. Second wife was Naamah, he saw her being created, he was grossed out. Third wife, Hashem puts him to sleep so he doesn't see how she's being created, and that's Chava. So it, says, it goes very detailed over there. Okay, skip that. We don't need to go. I don't, I don't know how it works. <laughs> but anyway, that's what the Zohar says. So it says, it says so the Megalea Mukot continues. But if, you said there were two different Naamahs. So the Naamah is the wife of Noah, of Noah, and one is the wife of Samachmen, meaning that you could have a good wife and you could have a not so good wife. What does that mean? So the Megaleo Mukot continues. He says, if you want Chen, he says you have to have Shalom Bayit. Shalom Bayit brings Chen. Shalom Bayit is a protective charm. <laughs> Julie Delta. Protective charm. Says that. So I heard Rabbi Eli Mansur, he quoted the Megaleo Mukot. I don't know where he got it from. He says that during the flood, the water was scalding. The water was burning, burning hot. He says, why? He says, because what was the sin of the flood? Hishchit kol basar. He says, we all hear the wedding speech. You have ish, isha. Ish, alav yud, shin, isha, alav shin, he. If you have them together, you take the yud from the man, the he from the woman, and you have God. You have God in the, in the marriage. You have ish, isha, and God. Three partners in a marriage. Man, wife, and God. If you get rid of God, what do you have left? Esh and esh. Double fire. So he says, how were the people destroyed? Through burning water. Because what did they do? They messed up the sanctity of marriage. Goes further. Why did the flood go 15 amot over the highest mountain? Because the yud hay, to remind them that the yud hay is what they got rid of from the marriages. The yud from the ish, the hay from the isha. So this 15 is the shem hashem. And it's and and it's they were pogem. They messed up the name of God, which is this Yud Hey. Says Yeshayahu. Remember Yeshayahu. Yeshayahu comes to the king Chizkiyahu. So we know Chizkiyahu is the king. Chizkiyahu gets sick, and Yeshayahu the prophet comes to him and says, Chizkiyahu, get ready, you're going to die. He says, What do you mean I'm going to die? He says, God said you're going to die. He says, I have a a prophecy that I could always turn to God to pray. Why is he going to die? Because he never got married. Why didn't he get married? Because he knew his children were going to be wicked. So what does he do? He turns to God and he prays to God. He never got married. That's why he was going to die. What happens? God grants him how many years of life? 15 years. Why 15 years? Because when he's going to be Mekadesh, the Isha, he's going to bring the Yud from him, the hay from the Isha, and he has another 15 years of life. Who does he marry? His name is Chizkiyah. Chizkiyah, meaning the strength of Yudhei, and he marries the daughter of Yishayah, the, the, the what is Yishayah, uh, the, the hope of, uh, of the Yudhei. So he's trying to be, make sure that the Yudhei works with his marriage, and therefore, so Noah had the 15. He had Chen Isha al Baala. He brings Chen. How does he bring Chen? Through the sanctity of marriage that Noah had different than the other people. So that's number two. So the first no, one... Noah had the what about marriage? He had the sanctity of marriage. He was with his wife, Naamah. They went into the ark together. His children with their wives went into the ark together. So there was... The sanctity of marriage was crucial for Noah to have this chen. But 
in the ark itself, but they but they had. So they so you see now the first thing that he brings is emunah, belief. The second thing he brings is the sanctity of marriage. Sorry, so I'm going to try to speed up because I went too long. I'm almost done. Other people before him didn't have this. Man. No, but they. But he's saying, how does a person get chen? Ah, okay. So the third thing, in the times of Noah, another prevailing sin was gezel, stealing. It tells us that Hamas, what was the stealing? It says that a person would come to the fruit store. And since you couldn't be, you couldn't be punished and you couldn't be arrested and nothing could happen if you stole something worth less than a pruta, than a penny, everyone would take one raisin. I take one raisin, you can't do anything to me. So even if the owner of the store is looking at me, I'm taking a raisin, buddy, thank you. Now what happened? Everybody came and took a raisin until there were no more raisins. But not only that, when the owner was looking at them, they took the raisin. When he wasn't looking, they took the handful. It says the gezel was filling up, was all around. It says Noah was honest. Noah was honest compared to the others. We see Noah being honest. Noah being honest, when he's told to build the ark, he has to get everything himself. The wood he has to plant himself, all the materials have to come because he couldn't be involved with the materials of anyone else because everyone else was touched by Gezo. He goes, Ele told Noah, Noah, why repeat Noah's name? It says, it says uh, last week we, we have that question, was Noah found Chen in the eyes of Hashem? Where? It's from the Toledot of Noah. What's Ele Toledot? What's the Toledot of Noah? It says that that Noah was the one, he was called a Sadiq. How is he called a Sadiq? He's called a Sadiq from what? So the, the Sadiq aspect he brings is he's Sadiq because, the same as Yosef Sadiq. Why? He had self-control. Because he had self-control, he's considered a Sadiq. And it says that, Noah, that, that Yosef found favor in the eyes of the warden of the prison. Why? He was a Sadiq. So he brings now the third thing he says. He says that this idea of, of Sadiq is relates to two. It relates to the Gezel and it relates also to the Shalom Bayit. Finally, he says that Noah gets his name. You mean the area of sex. Exactly. Finally, finally, Noah, last week we say Noah got his name because the Pasuk says that Ze Yenachamenu, he will bring us comfort. He invented the plow, Rashi says. And it brought consolation to the world. So the rabbis say his name should have been Menachem or Nachum. Why Noach? The essence of his name is Noach. The rabbis say, what's Noach? Reverse the letters. Chen. It says, it's also Nun and Chet. He says that it's the Chet of Noach is Chen. And the Nun is 50, Sha'arei Binah. He says that he was able to keep away from chet, sin, which brought him chen, which took him to the levels of 50 sha'arim binah. He had these qualities, no immorality, no gezel, he was faithful to Hashem. These are the three qualities that the Megalem Mokot is saying are the recipe for chen. <coughs> so just to finish, it says, benefit is going to be someone, something comes to the world. You don't have to be the biggest sadiq. You have to have chen. You have to have chen. The Pasuk in Telim says, humble people, anavim, as we mentioned. Finally, to understand this idea of anav, he brings another proof. We know that in the Parshat Beshalach, there are three verses. Each verse has 72 letters. We say these three verses, 72 letters, form the 72 names of Hashem, Shem Mem Bet. Basically, you take the first verse of 72 letters, you take the first letter from the first verse, 
the last letter from the second verse and the first letter from the third verse. And those three letters are one of the names of Hashem. Sometimes you see these charts, you know, like the Madonna has here. The big 72-letter name of Hashem. That's how it works. He says that one of the names of Hashem is Ayin Nunvav, which is Anav, humility. He says, which name is it? The 63rd name. 63 in Hebrew is Samach Gimel, Gas. What's Gas? It says Gas is Ga'ava, pride. It says, what's the solution of Gas, 63? Anava, humility. So it says that this Midah is Hashem Kodesh, meaning that someone who's Anav, he connects himself to Hashem, and that Midah is not like any of the others. So now, to bring up all the, all the four, he says now we, we should understand all of the ones that he's bringing, the Megalam, we'll put them, relate them. He says that, so we have the four. We started with the four. We had the first four, we had Anava, Temima, Yirat, and teaching Torah. We had Anava, humility, Temima, to be uh, faithful, Yirat, fear of Hashem, and the last one, teaching Torah. It says the Megaleh Amukot comes and he gives his four based on Kabbalah, based on these proofs, and they really all related to the same. He says Anava, which is related also to the Anava that he says before. Shalom Bayit, which is the Yud Hey, this is related to Tamim, because a person has to be Tamim with man and with God. He says honesty relates to Yirah. When a person fears heaven, that person is honest. He says, and finally, Torah, Keneged Kulam, both of them bring, bring, bring Torah. Teaching of Torah brings a person Chen. So he says the Megalai Amukot says, if you want to look for how Noah has Chen, it's these things. It's these things that a person has to know. They have to have Anava. They have to have humility. A person having humility will bring anava into his life. If a person has shalom bayit, he brings ana, he brings he brings uh, sorry he brings chen into his life. If a person has honesty and yirat shamayim, he brings chen into his life. And he says the most important thing that brings chen is going back to Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi is someone who participates in teaching other people. When you give from yourself and teach other people, even when it puts you in a bad position or a dangerous position or a position you don't want to be in, he says that brings a person chen. And goes and he says that a person has to understand that even in a time when you don't deserve, when you don't deserve something, this chen can save a person and change a person's life. So we should all be zocher that it says v'noach matzachen v'neashem v'noach matzachen v'neashem v'noach matzachen ken nimsachen v'sechel tov v'nei Elohim v'adam. So we pray to Hashem really every Friday night ken nimsachen v'sechel tov. Hashem should give us chen and sechel tov and a and a good good brain because that's one of the things that Mishlei says. Person with sechel tov has chen v'nei Elohim. In the eyes of Hashem, who be Adam. All the people should look at all of us as a friend, and God should look at us as a friend.